0: John
1: chapter 8 verse number 31 John chapter 8 verse number 31 you've already honored Jesus you don't have to stand again I do thank God again though for my sweet wife tonight amen let's give her a hand clap amen and amen and amen bless you for standing anyway that's really kind and my mom is still here with us thank God for her and you the people of God give yourselves a hand it's good to be with you tonight and i'm excited about what the lord has to share with us uh let's go to uh john chapter 8 verse number 31 now if you were in church on sunday we decreed that july was freedom month um and i think it's a wonderful collaboration uh yes with the fourth of july but as believers we have something greater than just uh, carnal independence when you get born again There is a freedom that comes with that that is incompatible with any other freedom. Amen? And so I want to jump right into this lesson. I said that Sister Cassie quoted the right scripture because she did. If you go to John chapter 8, verse number 31, let's see if we can't find what she just quoted. John 8, verse 31 through 36. It says, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, he said to the Jews that did what church? believed him. That's very important. All right. Because freedom only comes in what you believe. You have to believe it. Did you catch that? You got to believe it. Do you know, and, and I'm already ahead of myself, but I'm gonna give you this for free. In these 66 books of the Bible, there's enough in one chapter to make you free the rest of your life. Just one chapter. I want you to pick one chapter tonight and just read it. That one chapter will liberate you the rest of your life. The problem cannot be that we don't have enough content. Somebody say, we got to believe it. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will do what? Make you They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. And they got kind of carnal. They said, well, we're already Jews. We've never been in bondage. Uh, We are Abraham's descendants. How can you say you will be made free to us? Because we're free people. We're not slaves. And Jesus answered them, verse 34, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a what? Slave to sin, we'll deal with that later. And a slave does not abide in a house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son, capital S, makes you free, how free will you be? Free indeed. If the son shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Tonight, it's going to be so simple yet powerful. I want to talk from the thought, freedom, freedom. And I want you to put a colon after the word freedom and write these five words, a good quality of life, a good quality of life. So we're going to talk about freedom tonight, but we're going to talk about a good quality of life. Now, saints, I love God, I love the word of God, because in the word, uh, the writers of scriptures Make some emphatic statements. And 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 it's almost as if they reaffirm something they already said, which is so interesting. And I want you to really catch what I'm saying. And and in and, and, and the word of God, the word says stuff like, Nay in all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Well, to me, Mel, conquerors was enough. If he'd have said, Nay in all these things, we are conquerors. What is a conqueror? A winner. So we've won. So I I don't really need more than. But God is so awesome because he's more than enough. Amen. So he gives us the, the describing descriptive components, the superlatives that in God, in Christ, you are not just a conqueror, but you are more than conquerors. Listen to what he says in the book of Numbers. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Well, doing it and bringing it to pass is not that the same thing. Amen. But he is so caring and so loving of us and wants us to know the magnitude of our victory in him that he almost re-describes what he already told us. If I said it, I'll do it. If I spoke it, I'll bring it to pass. And in tonight's lesson, he does that yet again in verse number 36. He says, therefore, if the sun shall make you free. Stop right there. Somebody say I'm already free. But then he adds a description to it. You shall be what? Free indeed. What are we trying to say in our introduction? Whenever God does something, he does it well. He does it big. Amen. When he gives you victory, it's not a minute victory. The margin of victory with Christ is always huge. You know, I was thinking about a way to really describe this freedom to you that Jesus was talking about to the Jews when he said you should be free indeed. And God gave me this example uh, when it comes down to the margin of victory in God. And let me see if I can get you to really come home with this. Um, You know, there are more than one ways to win a game And, and you get. Uh, in, in the championships or the finals or this Super Bowl, and, and you see these guys who who win it by a, a thin margin. So somebody takes a shot at the end of the game, and all of a sudden they hit that game-winning shot, and it's glorious, and oh, it was a nail-biter the whole time. Or just happened this year, as a matter of fact, when the Patriots played the Falcons, and they got in that fourth quarter, and that game went to overtime. Man, this was a serious game, and depends on who wins the coin toss, gets the ball first, and the other team better stop them, because if they score, they win. Well, needless to say, they marched down that field, and the margin of victory was so thin. They got by 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 the the, the skin of their chinny-chin-chin. Are y'all in here tonight? Yeah, they just squeaked by, just squeaked by. Well, God's victories aren't that way. When you win in Christ, uh, the starting lineup is on the bench by the third quarter. Yeah, when you win in Christ, it's a 50 point margin of victory. Yeah, you win in Christ, you win and you win how, church? Big. And that's the kind of freedom God wants you to have tonight. He wants you to have big freedom. He don't want you to have freedom on Sunday just when the shouts are going up or when I'm teaching and preaching. But he wants Monday to be a free day as well. Amen. He wants Tuesday to be a day of liberation, Wednesday to be a glorious day, Thursday to be a day up. You can't wait to get to church, but it was a day of freedom. I mean, seven days a week. How many of you know we ought to have a good quality of life? All right. Well, if that's true, let's first understand what this word freedom means and where we get it from. When you look free up In its original Greek, Jesus says, he who the sun sets free shall be free indeed. The Greek word for this word means to liberate, to liberate. But it also means to exempt. Glory to God. Yeah, to liberate, folks, and to exempt. So when you get free in Christ, number one, you are liberated. Amen. There's no chains of bondage in your life. Nothing can hinder you, nothing can slow you down, you are legitimately liberated. But I really like the second meaning of the word, and that means to exempt. And what that literally implies is, is that as believers, there are certain things that we are just exempt from experiencing. No, you got freedom. Now that doesn't mean that trials won't come, it doesn't mean that the enemy won't try. Do I have a witness in here? Oh, he's going to try to kill you. He's going to try to wipe you out. That's what he does for a living. But if you know the principles of freedom, nothing the devil does can take precedent over your victory that God has already given. Do I have a witness in here tonight that we are exempt? That's what happened in Goshen. Uh, amen, Uh, even in the days of Joseph, in the days of Israel, Goshen, it was dark throughout the other parts of the land in Egypt, but in Goshen, the lights were still on, amen, everybody else going through, everybody else in a hard place, everybody else in bondage, yet you live where there is liberty, And you live where there is freedom. I'm going to say something that a whole lot of theologians won't agree with, but it's in the word of God. As believers, if you ever tap into the freedom that God wants you to have, you really can live life in a bubble. Oh, yeah, there will be a spiritual force field around you. I'll give you scripture to back it up. In Job chapter one, what was there around Job? A hedge. A hedge. Well, in the New Testament, y'all, don't you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he put an everlasting hedge around us all? And the only way that hedge can be breached is by our lack of faith. Our lack of believing that God has made us free from what the enemy would try. If I had time, I'd really present this thing to you tonight, but let me just give you one more principle to back that up. The Bible says that in David's life, there was a time that he came to, to where all of his enemies were at peace with him. And that doesn't mean they didn't want him to die. It didn't mean that they didn't still hate him. It didn't mean that if they had their shot, that they wouldn't try to assassinate him. The reality was, is that God put such garrison around him that nothing his enemies would try to do could get to him in his palace well the good news about finding Jesus finding the son that makes you free is if you really tap into him and his power he will put up such a garrison around you in life that there won't be anything that any demon any devil any satanist can do to put you back in bondage do I have a witness here tonight Somebody say, I want a good quality of life. Yeah, I want a good quality of life. So as we look at the text, Jesus says to the Jews, you got to believe on him. And if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. A whole lot of people don't have freedom because they think freedom is something that comes after two weeks of knowing him. They think freedom is something that you get as a fad. You know, the on again, off again believers. Yeah, something that just occurs. No, you have to believe in him, but then you have to do what? Continue. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you continue. One of the greatest compliments I ever got at this ministry is something somebody told me a few years ago. They said, you know what I love about you, Pastor Gabe? You are just consistent. I mean, you you haven't changed anything. You are so consistent. When I leave and come back, guess what you're doing? saying the same thing that that you said when I left. You're consistent. Well, it is that consistency that will produce evidence in your life. You don't get big biceps by curling one day. Are y'all gonna get with me tonight? No, 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 you don't even lose weight by dieting for a week. And if you do, it's unhealthy. It's not good for you. No, you got to continue Continue in this thing. You got to continue abide in my word. Then that is the indication or the, the symptom at least that I know you're a real disciple. I know you're really in the family. Well, freedom comes when you are perpetually practicing the things of God that produce freedom. Somebody say amen. Now we're getting ready to move forward in this thing, but I want you to understand this principle and I really wanna introduce it well, so here's another metaphor that I want you to hear. Any entity that has been enslaved for a long period of time will become used to it and settle. Any entity that has been enslaved for a long period of time, notice I said entity. It can be a human being, it can be an animal. Any living being that has been enslaved for a long period of time, listen to how I say this, will become used to it and settle. Now, how many people in here are going to be honest tonight that you know if you look back on your life, there are certain things you just settled for? I know what I'm talking about. God is a healer, but type 2 diabetes because it keeps coming back. It makes you weak. It does this. Over time, you just say, uh, I just settle. You know, I won't eat any more sweets. You follow me? You argue so much in your marriage and the marriage hadn't got better in the last five years. So over time, you just get used to that man being argumentative and you just deal with it. You tried counseling, you tried this, you tried that. Well, anytime you've been enslaved, you can be enslaved to anxiety and depression. You've been enslaved emotionally for a period of time. Any entity like that will eventually become used to it. And what will they do, church? They'll settle. The classic example, and I've been to the Bronx Zoo, I've been to the San Diego Zoo, and I am amazed at something that I observed at both zoos. It blows my mind, especially at the San Diego Zoo. There are beasts in that zoo that have the strength and capacity in their hind legs to jump over that fence. Are y'all gonna catch up with this? They, in fact, some of them don't even have a fence around them, and I asked the zookeeper, how in the world are you keeping that lion over there? Well, his perspective was this, we dug a trench between that lion and us, and one of the reasons why that lion will never try to get to you, sir, is he knows, or at least thinks in his mind, that if he goes near that trench, he will jump into Never Never Land. They have figured out the psychology of these cats. So as a result, they build this dark hole around them, and they get used to that dark hole, and whereas that lion could jump over that easily. It's no wider than me, the first lady, about three feet. He could easily jump over that and have all the lunch he wants. (laughs) I mean, eat good for days. Because he has been tamed to stay in a certain circumference he won't come but so close to it. Are y'all in here tonight? It amazes me, you can even go to the Disney World and you can go to the Animal Kingdom. Anybody been to the Animal Kingdom and you go on that little safari ride, do you realize you come within inches? (laughs) Of cheetahs that run 55 miles per hour? Seemed like to me one of them would get some sense and say, and come leap through that little Jeep and again have lunch for days. (laughs) But they have been trained. In fact, the cheetahs and the other uh, blood-eaten beast cats that eat Uh, wildebeest and things of that nature. The wildebeest are right down the street but they still won't leave their area and go take advantage of one of them because they have been trained and enslaved and they have gotten used to where they are. What in the world would make a big 3,000 pound elephant let a 180 pound man tell him to stand up and sit down in a circus my question for you tonight is how many of you has satan made a circus out of (laughs) kept you in chains hinders you from a certain quality of life told you how much money you're going to have told you how much health you're going to have told you whether or not you're going to get married do i have anybody in here that is tired of the circus act in their life just tired of the devil having his free reign you ought to throw your hands in the air and say, I'm getting free tonight. No more. That's enough, devil. I'm done with your tactics. Somebody shout hallelujah. Yeah. So he'll make a circus. <laughs> How do you like? Big beasts. Think about it, y'all. You, you, you drive over the crocodiles who, who can, with a 1,000 pounds of pressure, snap your neck like that. But they've been trained. The hippopotamus, it's amazing. They will sit, I'm talking about two tons, sit in that same river. And oh, as long as you just give me this little area, bring me a few pieces of fish a day, I won't mess with anybody. You have been ensnared by the enemy. But the good news is tonight, hey amen. And somebody say, not just tonight, some folk got free on Sunday. In fact, if you were here on Sunday, all you're doing tonight is figuring out how to keep your freedom. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. So so, so let's go through this because God wants to give us a quality of life that is rich one that is loaded with freedom, people who assume that you gotta go through all the time. I really wanna rebut that argument tonight and bring you to a place to where life really can be awesome and I'm gonna say something that will shake up the kingdom of hell all the time. Pastor, are you saying we will never go through anything? I didn't say that. You can go through stuff and not be going through because you have freedom. Stuff around you, folding, all kinds of crazy things occurring. Well, you have freedom and you have authority and you can tell the devil where to go. So anything he tries in your life, it's only momentary because you have now figured out what it takes to have freedom and keep it. Somebody say, I'm keeping my freedom tonight. Now, I believe that there is only one thing that leads to freedom and it's in our text. I just believe that. I don't believe it's a lot. I'm going to show you how to keep freedom via three points later on. But I believe there really is only one ingredient that leads to freedom. Now, that one ingredient, Joe, is rather comprehensive. It's thick, but there is only one ingredient. Let's see if we can't find it in, in, in Scripture. Back to John chapter eight, verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Some might say I got to continue, but that's not what makes you free. Because did you know you can continue on something and be just as bound as you was last year? They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah, different results. Yeah, you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You had not changed anything. You know, you're still on again, off again, still figuring out if you're going to follow Jesus all the way, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't lead to any results. All right. It leads to fad living. It's one of the reasons why, and if you stay at this church, you will know you'll have results in your life. But it's one of the reasons why at KCC I don't follow a bunch of fad-type things and and introduce them to you. Because they're only seasonal. They're fad. Just stick to the one thing that keeps people free. Well, let's see if we can't figure out what that one thing is. It's in verse number 32. And you shall know the... And what will the truth do? Clarice, what does it do? It makes us free. So what's the only thing that makes people free? Truth. Truth. In fact, you ought to thank God for anybody who ever told you the truth. Even before we talk about what the truth really is, you ought to thank God for anybody in your life and I do to this day. I thank God as I reflect on those areas of my life where I really got delivered, it was always God using somebody to just tell me the truth. Gabe, you know, the truth is you need to stop doing blank. The truth is you need to reconsider how you do blank. No, somebody just needs to tell us the truth. At a certain point, we got to break down. And, how, and let me take that out of the atmosphere. How many know we don't have to hit rock bottom and break down? No, just at a certain point, I just need to stop and say, now what's the truth? You know? I don't believe uh, you got to lose everything before you start getting rid of the white powder that you're using. Lose your 401k, your wife leave you, kids can't stand you, now you're 48 and a half and nobody won't invite you over for Thanksgiving. You follow me? I don't think it had to go that far. I think you could have broke down 16 years ago while your wife still liked you. You know? Now you done separated from her for about three and a half weeks. Now you're pushing it go home, (laughs) amen, break down, go home, act right, do right, be right, apologize to your kids, so I don't think you got to go through a whole bunch of stuff, that's all I'm trying to say, I don't think life got to be a roller coaster, I think at a certain point, I just need to break down and say, well, not break down, I just need to stop and say, what's the truth about this, the truth of the matter is, if I want to be thus and so, I need to do thus and so, whatever that may be, so what's the only thing that makes people free, church, The truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will do what? Make you free. Now, let's stop right there and let's really examine this whole concept of truth. Because if Jesus tells me that truth is the only thing that makes me free, I would ask a follow-up question. I would say, well, then what is truth? Yeah. If truth is going to make me free, If truth is going to get me debt-free, if truth is going to get me free in my health, if if truth is going to get me to where I need to be uh, in life, to what are we talking about tonight? A good quality of life. In fact, let me make sure I'm teaching to the right people. How many folk in here want a good quality of life? Yeah, if truth is that thing that's going to get me to a good quality of life, well, Felicia, the next thing I'm going to ask is, what is truth? In fact, that's what they asked Jesus before they crucified him. So what is truth? And you know how Jesus answered them? He said, you are looking at the truth. Yes, I believe it's John 14 and 6 maybe that says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No, I'm the truth. Now, in this culture, speaking of Babylon, where they want to give you all kind of ingredients like yoga and All kinds of meditation and, you know, you got uh, 50 billion self-help books you can buy to be your better you. You can go get an executive coach now and pay him or her $1,000 an hour to help you stand up and do a presentation at work. (laughs) I'm not making fun of anybody, but I clear, y'all, that's too much. Yeah, you can pay all these people, you can get a coach for this, a coach for that, but at a certain stage, we've got to back up and say, but if all these ingredients I'm using aren't working, if I still have fear in me, if I still can't get over this sickness, if I still can't get on track, at a certain stage, I need to simplify this matrix. What is the simple answer? Well, I must turn to who? Jesus. Yeah. I must turn to Jesus because he says it in the verse. He says it in the Bible. And I know this is so simple tonight. I know you were saying, Pastor, can you give us some deep revelation? But there's nothing deep about it. He says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's seed and we've never been in bondage to any man. So what are you talking about us being made free? Oh, okay. Jesus answered him and said whoever commits sin is a servant to sin. We'll deal with that later. Therefore, in verse number 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, what happens? You shall be what? So if you get free through yoga, you should be free indeed. Transcendental meditation makes you free indeed. The right life coach will make you free indeed. No, if the sun shall set you free, you shall be what? Free indeed. So y'all, if that's easy, and if that really is the answer, can someone please tell me why everyone, not just the world, everyone, including the church, is turning to everything today except Jesus. Everything except Jesus. In fact, some of you right now, if you be honest, this message is kind of boring because the only answer I've given you is Jesus. I hadn't given you 10 ways to be a better you. I hadn't given you 25 keys to success. I hadn't done any of that. And I'll give you a few keys in a second. But basically, it's going to be point number one, Jesus. Point number two, Jesus. Point number more Jesus. And until you get tired of yourself and pick Jesus out of the bunch, do I have a witness in here? Life will always be tumultuous. It will always be difficult. It will always be something other than what God wanted you to have. Well, let's get some examples down. Now we talk about a good quality of life. Okay, so let's take the young lady who's shacking. She spends about five years with the same man. He promises her every Thanksgiving and Christmas, that this will be the year. Don't get mad at me. He takes her out. He wines and dines her. She takes him home and gives him why he wined and dined her. No, really. You know that's the new phrase in life coaching today, know your why. You got to know your why. Well, the reason why he took you to Capitol Grill in fact, he didn't even take you there. The reason why he took you to Chili's. That's the only reason why. Know your why. I'm messing up some coaches tonight. And I'm not a, if you're a coach in here, don't get upset with me. Just, you know, coach people the right way. Don't rake them over the coals $1,500 and tell them you just need to stand and be you. what did he just say? It seemed like intelligent people would stop long enough and say, now come on, there must be a helicopter ride with this or something, right? But no, that's the reason why he took you out. Then he got with you for five years, and you know, he just, oh boy, he just had a blast and a ball, and he liked you and your girlfriend, you found other text messages from other women, all kinds of stuff was going on throughout that process, but, but at least at year five he told you that you just, you, he's not right for you. you. Now you're not the problem. At least he pointed the gun on himself and gave you the confidence in knowing that the reason why he took you from 35 to 40 is because he needed to grow up And he now needs to release you to somebody better. Well, that's not a good quality of life. That's a horrible quality of life. You know, you spend all them years wasting time. I'm going to teach this freedom thing tonight. You spend all that time just wasting time, just figuring it out, just just figuring out whether or not you're going to obey the Lord. You know, throughout that time period, you had a good grandmother, mother that kept trying to tell you, now, baby, you know he ain't going to marry you now. (laughs) You know, you came and heard Pastor Gabe preaching, got offended because he talked about what you're in. All right. Instead of saying, Pastor, teach me how to get out of this mess. You know, got offended. right. Okay, That's not a good. We could use so many other examples, y'all. But do you see how Satan just robs people? Just robs people. We only just got to talk about relationship. Some people with money, oh God. The devil just keeps them in debt. Because after all, the, 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 the borrower is a servant or a slave, you use the right word, is a slave to the lender. So soon as you're about to get back on your feet, the enemy tricks you and tells you you got to have the iPhone 19 and a half. Because after all, the other phone only makes calls (laughs) and sends text messages and goes on the internet. Now you need something that can be a drone, that can fly over buildings because after all, you have a bunch of drones at home that you hook your phone up to and you take pictures over buildings all the time. Y'all getting upset with me tonight. No, good and well, you don't even know how to fly a drone, but you you, know, you got all this, this extracurricular stuff that, you know. Yeah, the enemy tricks you. Cell phone bills, as much as a car payment, and getting on the cat's bus talking to people. No, you can talk to people, I mean, at least you can talk to people. You can talk to people. Don't get upset with me, and don't look at me like that, I'm serious. Man, At a certain stage, you got to break down and say, what am I doing? You know, some of you, you're, oh, this is going to really hit home. You, you know, you come over here and you hear Pastor Gabe tell you the truth. I heard somebody tell me one time, you know, I just love you because when I want to get right, I come to KCC. So what do you want to do the other weeks? Be wrong? And you go to somebody's filth flower and filth revival where they bring in some prophetess. And she says, God, God, I just hear God, God saying that you just, God says you just need to go back to where you just came from and you got And then you go up there, ooh, what a revelation. Yeah. And she didn't tell you anything new. In fact, she just told you something to mess up your life, you know. Now you're spooky. Because, see, when they prophesy to you, most of the time at those kinds of functions, they never give you specifics. It's, it's always something vague. I see the color black, and, you know, I'm just, I just wonder if that blackness is that cloud. And then you leave in fear, and you just know your head's going to fall off when you get in the car. And I mean, it's all this kind of mess, just, just mess. I know what I'm talking about. I used to play at some of those things years ago, never again. Oh, God, 20 years ago. Ooh, they be up there shouting, "Woo!" and the person shouting, you no good dog. doggone well, you it. <laughs> now, how God going to bless you? No, the only thing God's saying to you is come out from among them, be ye separate and holy. Say, it, Lord, God most certainly ain't getting ready to bless you. But you continuously work those systems. Pastor, come on, move forward. No, you work those systems and you wake up. Let's use this. They're going to be a buzz number tonight. Five years later, <laughs> my wife's cracking up, and ain't nothing changed. Now, granted, I do understand in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. But for God's sake, would someone please tell me where due season is? We're going forward in the lesson. But I'm breaking it down so a child can understand it tonight. Don't come telling me about due season when I'm in mess. At a certain stage, I got to get off the wrong highway. You've heard me use this example. I'm going to use it again. If you want to get to Washington, D.C., it's no sense in driving 85 South fast. You can drive as rigorous and as fast. Don't stop for a bathroom break. Don't stop to eat and just keep driving fast because you are so earnestly going to make it to your destination. Nope. At a certain stage, you're already in Georgia. You need to take an exit, get off on the next (laughs) exit, turn around, and drive the right way. Well, you can shout all you want. You can praise all you want. But until you abide in him and his word abide in you, how long? Consistently we're going forward now everybody that was going to be mad at me is already mad so now I can go to the good stuff amen amen so God wants us to have what kind of quality of life a good quality of life now I've always known that a part of my ministry church is to really really help people break out and that's what I told you the only thing that gets you out is what Truth. Right. So God has just really anointed me, which I think that's what every preacher was supposed to be doing. But I'll just take it as my ministry. He's anointed me to tell people the truth. Right. But let's get scripture to back it up. Look at it, Maria, over in Luke chapter four, verse number 18, because it is our goal as preachers and teachers of the gospel to get people out. To really see people be delivered. See, when I talked about the young lady shacking or the person with the iPhone at the bus stop and all that kind of good stuff, you know, I wasn't saying that to be brutal or mean. When I said those kinds of things, those things are indicated in Luke chapter 4, verse number 18, because Jesus says it uh, with poignancy. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has done what church? Anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. But I like this one. To preach what, church? Deliverance to who, though? The captives. He sent me to preach deliverance to the captives and recover his sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are bruised. Amplified says it this way. To set free those who are oppressed. Listen, church. Downtrodden, bruised, good stuff. Crushed by tragedy, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. Amplified Bible, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy. So sometimes we're not just in bondage because of some sins that we're in. I wanted to deal with that on the front end because I don't want anybody to fool themselves. Amen. But then there are those things that happen in our life that didn't happen because of us. There are things that can happen in our life, and it's going to really bless you, that happened because the enemy was doing his best to crush us and bruise us with circumstances, to break us down with calamity. You know, you didn't ask for cancer. You know, in some cases, you didn't ask for a rotten relationship. I mean, the man really did trick you. Come on. The young lady really turned out to be something other than who she said she was. You know, you didn't ask for a bad deal with the job. You didn't ask for certain things to occur. You didn't ask for your son, and this is a good one, your son or daughter to be wayward. Every parent wants the best for their child. But man, you've raised them. You've given the best that you can give them. And now they're 18, 19, 20, 25, and don't know how to act. Come on, church. That kind of stuff will do what? bruise you. It'll hurt you. And that's what I want to deal with tonight. Come on. Somebody say, happy days are here again. Are here. Yeah, it'll bruise your quality of life. Somebody in here, maybe you've been divorced. And you didn't ask for that. You were the person that had fidelity. You were trusted that the milkman wasn't in the house when he was away. And we favor the women on this because sometimes, unfortunately, how I many times? I mean, you know, more times than not, it's the man. I blame many of our brothers, especially for our black women, for how bruised our women are. Just just unlacking commitment, no, no stick to trading women in like you do a car. She was gorgeous, beautiful, fine when you first met her. And then now, oh, man, she's done labor to have two or three kids, and and it's just not the same. I still love her. I'm just not in love with her anymore. You're going to hell. Devil is alive. (laughs) Amen. 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 And I always tell brothers like that in counseling, you know that's God's daughter, right? I always say that to brothers. I say, do you realize, uh, and then I'll ask them this way. I say, how would you treat a man that's treating your daughter like this? What would you do? I know how I treat a guy that do Lauren like that. Man, you think the Taliban is something. <laughs> Life would be horrible for that brother. <laughs> Awful. He just want to get out of his car and go in his apartment and a razor, just separate his ankle. Oh, man. Then I get out, be back tomorrow. (laughs) And then I come in here, that'll be on a Thursday around 545. Come on, turn to your Bible. Glad to have you all here tonight. Same suit. Come on, get your word out. Let's study the word tonight. And I'd preach on thou should not kill. Because after all, I didn't kill him. He just doesn't have a calf muscle anymore. Amen. Yeah, how, so, so, so treating God's women any kind of way. Some of y'all like that. Yeah. And I know it's not always the men, but I'm just telling you, y'all, especially in our community, just rolled over, just treat it like trash. Well, that's what I want to talk about because that kind of stuff will make you downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down with calamity. Bruised, crushed, broken down with calamity. So I really want to move through this thing and and I wrote this down and you might want to write it down too because it will bless you. Sometimes life's circumstances, listen to how I say it, things that have happened or didn't happen can leave a person in bondage. Either things that have happened or things that you were hoping for that didn't happen, mom, can leave a person in bondage. Didn't ask for it. You know, when when you were brought up in a home, and now I'm gonna be real compassionate, no no laughing here, I'm not trying to be funny, but you were brought up in a home, and man, people mistreated you as a child, you know? I look at these kids in this room, my, my, my little boys over here, you know, what in the world does Stephen have to do with somebody just mistreating him? He didn't have anything to do with that. But kids come up like that all the time. Hurt, harmed, all kinds of things. Things that have happened to you. Or things that did not happen. And then all of a sudden now we're getting into good areas and that's why we have counseling and that's why we have deliverance ministry. But then you come up and you're questioning your sexuality or you're battling thoughts or you're trying to figure out why you have certain tendencies a certain way. Because of things that have happened or things that did not happen that you wish would have happened. You see every child wants to grow up having a loving dad. A loving mom this is why married couples you ought to fight to keep your marriage when you can amen every boy needs his father it's good for those of us who can be good surrogates or stands in the gap god knows how to do that he'll be a father to the fatherless but see when that boy hits 13 and 14 and he's uh, getting his identity development you know he's getting some hair on his chin well he needs a dad with a clipper to show him how to do that right A young lady needs to be affirmed by her father, right? So many of you in this room tonight, you may not have had some of those things. And I don't want to be lofty with my teaching. I don't want to be arrogant with my teaching. tonight. I really want to bring it down to a level to where anybody, no matter what you've come from or come through, somebody say amen, you will know tonight that you can be free from it eternally. Now, first things first, you have to repent. Now, I'm not talking about the things that have happened to you. But I'm talking about the things that we did that we know we shouldn't have been doing. Because what's the only thing that makes us free? Truth. So I have to repent. What is repenting? If you were here on Sunday, I told you repenting is different from asking for forgiveness alone. Asking for forgiveness is fine. Gabe Jr. asks for forgiveness all the time and he'll go do the same thing. He just asked for forgiveness on. All right. Repenting is a turning. It's a turning. It's, I don't want that anymore. For that young lady that's been in the five-year relationship and the guy's taking advantage of her and all that kind of good stuff. Nope, I repent. No, thank you. I don't want it anymore. Well, pastor, where am I going to live? Well, there's a person that's not ready to repent yet. Because when the house is on fire, do you ever say, where am I going to go? No, when the house is on fire, what do you do next? I don't know where I'm going tonight, but I'm going somewhere. I'm getting out. If I got to sleep in that parking lot. No one has to know my story. I'm getting out of this house. I'll call that good church in the morning, Kingdom Christian Church. They'll put me up in a hotel when I tell them I got out from my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Sister Lori will make sure I get somewhere to stay. Sure will. They ain't going to leave me out here on the street, and I'm turning from some sin, and I don't want to shack anymore. So the first thing I got to do is do what? Get out. If I want to be free, he who the sun sets free is free indeed, I got to acknowledge the truth about this situation and refuse to participate another day. I believe a lot of people who have been indicted and great government indictments and all kinds of things, I believe God gave them a season and a window to get out. I do. Before things ever got bad, before things ever went south, I believe there was a grace. I believe the Holy Spirit of God sent prophets, all kinds of things to tell them, all right, don't do anything else now. Come out of that. Get out of that. But I believe they ignored it. And how I many you know when God is trying to get us free tonight, we cannot ignore? And see, God's pulling me a different way, y'all. This wasn't in my notes, so this is for somebody. God's trying to get you free tonight, you cannot ignore the day that you, which means that tomorrow may not be the day you can hear him. It doesn't mean that he stopped talking, but the Bible says your conscience is with a hot iron. You can go so far out there to where you don't know which way is up. (laughs) So that's why the day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Come on, let's go through this thing. There are three primary domains by which freedom can be obtained. Three three primary domains by which freedom can be obtained. Alright? Three primary domains. Number one, everybody say spiritual. Number two, please say emotional. And number three, please say physical. All right, spiritual, emotional, and physical. Now, also under that caption, write this. That also means that there are three areas by which a person can be bound. So if there are three areas where a person can be free, there must be three areas, three areas, church, where a person can be bound. What are those three areas? You guessed it. Spiritual, (laughs) emotional, and physical physical. If you can be free in those three areas, you can be bound in those three areas, which means you have to know the truth concerning those three areas. Go to a a, a classic scripture that people use when we talk about prosperity and freedom. Go to 3 John chapter 1, verse number 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse number 2. This is so good. What's the only thing that makes you free? Truth. Truth is the only thing that makes us free. Yet, Ignorance is one of the biggest rebuttals of truth. If truth makes you free, it is ignorance that rebuts truth. Because it's only the truth that you know that makes you free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm going to get to that scripture. But you shall do what, church? Know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I believe it's Hosea 4 and 6. Don't turn there. But my people are what because of a lack of knowledge? destroyed. They are destroyed Sandra and DeMond because of something they didn't know. Something they didn't know. They, they didn't know it was killing them. They didn't know. You hear those horror stories about factories or, or buildings that had mold in it or, or, or people were working with asbestos or something like that. And they were just trying to make an honest living all their life. They didn't know that stuff was getting in their lungs. Growing tumors and all kinds of stuff, right? So what you don't know can hurt you, kill you, you dead on. Right? But let's look at the truth freedom or the truth prosperity connection. If you're still with me, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, just three quick verses. Beloved, I wish above how many things? Which also means I wish and all things that you may do what? Prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Now, would you agree that the next verses following this verse must have something to do with me prospering? All right, well, let's look at it. Verse number three. For I greatly rejoiced when the brethren came and testified of the truth. What did they testify? Truth. Of the truth that is in thee, even as you consistently glory to God. No, you got to consistently walk in truth. And as you consistently walk in truth, it automatically leads to the prosperity, same word, freedom of God in your life. All right, look at the next verse, verse number four. I have no greater joy, this is God talking through John, than to hear that my children walk in, are y'all getting this? So you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you But there's no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I'm going to tell you something, because John most certainly would have been speaking to the elders and almost like a pastor. I get no greater joy than to hear about God's people getting victory because of the truth they've been walking in. It happened to me yet again this week, and you, you all know me, I don't tell names, and, and, and in fact, with some of these testimonies, I'm never going to tell the names uh, unless they tell it themselves, because quite candidly, how many of you know, you can't tell everybody everything. That's Are you right. in here, church? Right Well, last week, one of, my, one of my families, and y'all, the church ain't but so big. But one of my families, you talk about increased abundance and overflow. man, they called me. They showed me the letter of over 20,000 dollars that they came into. Yeah. What a blessing) Right. Then this week, you know, one of one of our folks with the interview they've been waiting on, I get the text message. I got the call. Right. Okay, All right. But 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 if that wasn't enough, I'm getting ready to leave and come back and get ready to come to Charlotte. And I get an email in my inbox and all I see is God did it. God did. it, And I start reading down the email and oh, pastor, you've been great. We love you. And first lady, you've been such an encourager. You decreed it with us. You stood in agreement with us. You did da. da, 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 da. And I'm here to tell you God did it. They show me the letter. I'm talking about proof. Bank check. Forty thousand dollars. Watch this. Some money that had been held up that belonged to them. all in here? Well, John experienced what Pastor Gabe gets to experience. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children, in my case, spiritual children, are walking these truths out. Yeah. They're closing on their houses. They're getting new jobs. All kinds of stuff. And you know with me, you got to slow me down if you get something new. Because, you know, I've had people come back and tell me, Pastor, I'm still waiting on the letter. You know, can you not share that one just yet? And we already told 300 people or something like that? Well, you know what that is, though? It's joy. It's joy to finally see some people walk this thing out. That's the reason why I made fun of the fad prophets earlier. Y'all, that stuff don't work. All that on-again, off-again stuff, you know, it don't. It's fads. It excites your flesh. You know, get you all pumped up. Now I'm not against prophecies. Do I prophesy to people? But somebody say accurate. 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 You can't be fad-driven. You gotta at a certain stage in your life. Let me tell you something. If somebody come prophesy to me something awesome that God is gonna do, I know that it's gonna happen because scripture says, No good thing will I withhold from them that do what? Walk no, yes, do what, church? Walk up right who walk in truth. So I can expect God to do that. But don't come telling me God's going to do something when I got a girlfriend on the side. Amen to that. Amen. And if God does do that, I'll give you a hook to that. It's the goodness of the Lord that brings men to repentance. He's only doing that as a window of grace to get me in, but it sure won't be sustainable. Amen. No, come tell me the truth. Are you in here, church? Right. So he says, I have no greater joy but to hear that my children walk in what? I hope I'm not boring you tonight. So there are three domains that you can be bound in or that you can be free in. All right. And so why would God have no greater joy that his children walk in truth? Because inevitably we become free when the truth occurs to us. We become free when the truth occurs to us. So here are the questions I want to answer as I close this message out. How do we keep our freedom? Because what's the only thing that makes you free? True. Now, I could have given you 10 points to get free, but this ain't that night. The only thing that's going to get you free is what, church? True. Pastor, why are you saying that so much? Because that's where you got to start and finish. I got to face the truth about this thing. I got to really own it. I got to really make up in my mind. I'm no longer running away from it. Whoever I got to confess to, I'm going to confess to. Whatever habit I need to change, I'm going to change it. I'm going to do what's necessary to be free. I won't miss another Bible study this year. If that's what it takes for me to be free, I will be accounted for. I'm going to do what's necessary. Yeah, I'll leave that boyfriend alone. Sure will. Sure will. Yep, I won't go back down there to such and such place anymore. I want to be free and free indeed. So the question now becomes, 20 minutes or less, how do I keep my freedom? Now, these are some great points, and we're going to stop here. Number one, a frame of reference on what freedom looks like. A frame of reference on what freedom looks like. Go to one of my favorite passages, Psalm 37:37. 37, 37. No, you need models and examples of what freedom looks like. One of the greatest marketing tools for the Dave Ramsey, um, if you will, product is that he has all these people on commercials shouting, "What? We're debt free." What makes you sign up for that program? Their testimony. <laughs> Models and examples. I give you that point again. You need a frame of reference on what freedom looks like. What does it look like? You got to see somebody else, some other people that legitimately walk in freedom. You got to see other people loving their wives. Amen. You got to see other people prospering. Glory to God. I don't know about you. I don't love prosperity. I just enjoy it. Amen. Amen. You got to see other people closing stuff, paying stuff off. You got to come to Bible study and hear about families getting $40,000 checks. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. See other singles closing on their condominiums. In a minute, all I'm going to have to do Kingdom Christian Church Indian Land. All my singles moving to South Carolina. I'm afraid they're going to start saying, Pastor, that's too long of a drive. KCC Waxhaw. Come on, somebody. I'm standing near one of them right now. Yeah, you got to see other people do good, who not only closed their stuff out, but, but mess around, sold enough real estate, and paid their car off. Are you hearing me? You need models and examples of people doing it big. That just means she got some money. Yes, she do. Amen. That's what you need around you. I'm not saying any names for the tape, and we need to keep people anonymous. (laughs) You don't need to put people out there. Put everybody's business on the tape. Because everybody ain't praying for you. Well, it's too late. She already got that. That car already paid off. Amen. You can't put that one out there. That's too late. So I need a frame of reference. Go to Mark chapter 37, verse. I mean Psalms 37 and 37. All right. Mark the what kind of man? Glory Glory to God. And do what? Behold the upright, because the end of that man is. What does the next verse say? Verse 30. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together and the end of the wicked shall be what? Y'all, you don't win. Did you get that? It doesn't work go back to verse number 37, We're not going to spend our time on wicked folk tonight. Mark the perfect man, though, and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. How many people in here want peace tonight? Amen, I don't know about you, but I love peace. You don't know want what peace really is, Yolanda Jamison, It's just another word for freedom. When you're at peace, DeMond, you're free. I was talking to my wife earlier today in our reflection chairs and I just begin to sing praises to the Lord by talking to her and I just begin to talk about how awesome he is and how he's just made my life so peaceful. You got me in. I mean, life, mom, is awesome. Glory to God. I can't think of, and let me brag on God for a second, I can't think of one day out of the week that I loathe coming. Oh, it's Monday. That's just not my testimony. And I work every Monday. I get up and get my swim lessons first. (laughs) Then I go off to work. Well, that's peace. You follow me? I don't hate Tuesday. Tuesday's my day over here. And I come over here and I sit back there and all that fish tank that Brian got for me back there is saltwater fish. I told him to put something in there that's venomous something poisonous, that if you touch it, it'll send you to the hospital, and he's going to find something, too. Give me a lionfish or something. Don't give me something. I don't want nothing sweet. Give me something hard. You know, put your hand in there. Accidentally, you start fainting. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. I like hard animals. But, um, So I sit back there with my fish tank. I was here early tonight and just hearing it running. Oh, that's so peaceful. Yeah. Amen. I like peace. Amen. You know, life can be good. (laughs) Amen. Y'all still laughing. But that's peace. You know what? I came home today off a vacation. Yeah. I was on vacation. I can tell you now, I don't tell people when I'm going on vacation. I tell them when I come off. <laughs> for those of you who go on Facebook enjoying the Bahamas, we will be robbing you tonight. <laughs> Thanks for telling us. No one's home? On? Good. You will definitely get robbed this evening. Amen. No, I don't tell people when I'm going on vacation. But we went on family vacation. Oh, you talk about peace. And it was so awesome, and I'm gonna get to the second point, but you gotta mark the perfect man and behold up right now. Now, you know, I'm I'm not exalting myself, but now, you looking at you looking at a man of peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Take your sweet wife and load up your SUV, put videos on for the kids, drive down to the beach. Go up and down from the pool, to the beach, to the pool, back upstairs, to the beach, to the pool. (laughs) Go get something to eat. Go jog with your wife. Amen. Basketball, we played one-on-one. She just reminded me. Yeah, and she said I cheated. I'm going to get to the second point, but see, you need this because it's going to free you up. Oh, yeah, she was dribbling, and, 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 and I was getting ready to block her, her shot. She picked it up. She dribbled again. I said, dear, they call that double dribbling. That, that's traveling, double dribble, whatever you want to call it. Amen. And at a point in the game, I got serious. I started boxing her up, you know, all that kind of stuff, doing fadeaways, you know. And she said, I'm not playing anymore. Amen. Amen. I wasn't going to lose that game. Yeah, that was peaceful. Glory to God. Up and down, running, lifting weights. Go up there, sweet mother in law went with us. Then the other grandparents came and joined us two days in. Had both grandparents on, or, or on both sides there. Glory to God. And no, you don't have to drive down to see the seat of fireworks. Just go out on your balcony. Don't fight the crowd glory peace order a pizza sit down enjoy yourself make some nestle cookies come on somebody with that big trough of ice cream that's not real ice cream that is chocolate vanilla and strawberry but it's enough so everybody can get some come on how many know we're not paying for briars come on somebody that's too much get a big trough that'll last the whole four or five days Amen. I'm still cheap on some things. (laughs) My wife said this one. I said, perfect. Get that one. Because the kids won't know the difference. Man, that's peace. I'm going to my next points. i like for you to laugh because you know that's freedom too. We go to the next points. Look, we're going down there. We're having a good time. And then it's time to come back home. Oh, glory to God. And on the way back in from the beach, all the parents' house is on the way in. So you stop and see grandparents again. And the grandbabies go out in the garden. amen. Hey, man. And they have a good time. And your son picks off vegetables that aren't ripe yet. And the grandfathers, like, hey! You know? That's freedom. When I had pajamas on, I didn't have to keep my cell phone on me because somebody might call. Who shouldn't be called. That's my only girlfriend. Mark the perfect man. And then to boot on a Thursday afternoon, you're driving back home, and old oh, man had a great salmon patty cake breakfast with grits and whew, all them kind of things that mama had made at the house. And oh my God, it was glorious clear. It was mm. and watch this, church. Then come home and unload. Spend time with the kids, and, 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 and this is going to bless you, and look forward to going to a loving church. Yeah. No, I, I like my life, Mel. This is peace. <laughs> this is freedom, brother. I, I, I wouldn't trade this altary for anything. See the good, kind people of God that come out for Bible study. Life is great. Hey, Amen. That's what God wants. Mark the perfect man. And then I, I reversed it on my, my mother-in-law my mom and my dad, you know how uh, the, the older saints would usually give you money, give money to the kids and stuff and our parents aren't that old. But I, I reversed it and, and we were sitting out eating. I think we went out to McAllister's one night or something like that because it's good food and it's fast. So um, we were sitting there and um, they were all sitting there and I took about $3 out of my wallet and I said, everybody get something. And I just handed them all a dollar. I said, you guys get, get a Sunday or something. You, you know, everybody gets something. That's freedom. That's peace. And we've been out on the beach and on, on the sands, and it was just so wonderful. And, and I thought I had met my Max. And when I thought I couldn't get any darker, McAllister has all those mirrors I looked at. I said, wow! Man! but because I'm free in my complexion. It didn't bother me. I like being dark. Amen. That's freedom. That's peace. Amen, amen, amen. I don't want to offend anybody else who's struggling with their complexion, but seriously, I I like my complexion. I got darker, and I just loved it. Amen. Praise God. No, you need a frame of reference. Pastor, now, you done spent 12 minutes on that, because you need that. (laughs) You need something to shoot for. Oh, I didn't stop with the $3 before we left, and I I got my mom's, and, you know, I got hers. But I gave all all of the grandparents. I said, no, here's the real offering. I pulled out the $100 bills. You know, you've been so good to us all our life. (laughs) Glory. Yeah. Now, let me give to somebody that blessed me to have peace. Got me to where I am. <clears throat> Are you in here, church? It was glorious. My dad pulled out the 1967 Chevrolet that my oldest brother came home from the hospital in. You see, life don't have to be strife. It not got to be going through all the time. Amen. You like your marriage, you can love your wife, you can love your husband, that's freedom. And the devil wants to veil it, y'all, I hope I'm doing okay, but he wants to veil it and make life so tipsy-turvy, always going through, always a product of Babylon, always something hard and something difficult, but tonight you ought to find you, and if it's not me, that's okay, find you though an example of somebody somewhere that you're trying to be like when you grow up. That you say to yourself, now, doggone it, whatever, come on, get your soap out. Lord, whatever you're doing, some of y'all know something about that example. Whatever you're doing in them, do it in me too. Scrub the whole body. Amen. That's peace. That's peace. You would have been here to understand that one. I'll explain it another day. Write this in your notes. It's hard to achieve something that you've never seen. It's hard to achieve something that you've never seen. Each inventor has at least seen or heard of other great inventors. Even if it's something original that they're doing, they've at least seen or heard of somebody else that did something great. It's hard to achieve something that you've not seen. That's why you can't run with people that's destitute of freedom. You can't run with people that's destitute of joy. Glory to God. You can't hang out with folk who ain't going nowhere to half do stuff. Come on, church. Get around some people that got faith and the evidence. You know why I preach so hard, what I preach, because what I preach, and this may sound arrogant, but you can take it however you want, what I preach, I got the fruit of it. Glory to God. I don't counsel anybody on anything that I don't do. If I tell them to bless their wife, you know what I do that night? Go bless mine. Come on. What's your posture in this thing? Somebody say models and examples. All right, we got to close this thing. Number two, how do we keep our freedom? A constant reminder of God's truth in the matter. A constant reminder of God's truth in the matter. The Word of God is the truth that should usurp any current fact in your life. Did you catch that? The Word of God is the truth that should usurp any current fact in your life. I know that twists up your mind. The fact is, you may have a cancerous tumor, but what's the truth? By his stripes, you were healed. Fact is, you may have a lot of debt right now, but what is the truth? You are the lender and not the borrower. The word of God constantly, constantly, i give it to you again, constant reminder of God's truth in the matter, the word of God. It just serves every current fact in your life. You're single and you want to get married. What's God's word on it? He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Therefore, marriage must be a good thing. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay with the Lord until I get married if that's my desire. No, no, God's no respected person. I'm not going to let Pastor Gabe and First Lady talk about how they spent a glorious time with their four kids and and their mothers and fathers and all those kinds of things and sit back and say, man, my life has got to be, oh, no, 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 no. I am going to make up in my mind that, man, I'm releasing my faith for a quality of life that is compatible or better than what I see. Do I have a witness in here? No, it's not just the pastor. You, you done heard people tonight that got $40,000 checks. And you're a tither and a giver. And you, and you sow seeds in capital campaigns. Do I have a witness here tonight? you giving love offerings? When is your cruise of oil going to run over? Put a demand on it by faith. You know what God says? I never forget a seed sown. So when he says, you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully, you ought to hold, you ought to not hold God to it, hold your faith to it. Because he's not a man that he should lie. We're going to give an offerings momentarily tonight. I wonder how many people, when you give whatever amount God tells you to give tonight, how many people are going to say to themselves, here is a seed that's leaving my hands that I'm going to see a harvest on Amen. by faith. I know I'm sowing in good ground too. No, God's word said I would be abu- blessed abundantly. Psalm 115 said he would increase me more and more. Amen. Glory to God. Last but not least, and, and, we, and we'll pick this up on next week's Bible study. A refusal to commit the same sin perpetually. How do we keep our freedom? Somebody say, don't leave that out. A refusal to commit the same sin perpetually go back to John 8 and 34 and we're stopping John 8 and 34 can you all put it up on the screen for me John 8 and 34 a refusal I just refuse that 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 just a certain things I'm just never going to do again I don't have to commit it again I refuse to commit the same sin perpetually we talked about moral sins already but look at this thing Jesus answered them and said verily verily I say unto you whosoever committeth what sin, what are we talking about tonight, first of all? What are we talking about? Freedom, a good quality of life. Well, whoever commits sin is a what to sin? Servant. Same word, John, slave. Whoever commits sin, Linda, is a slave to it. Whoever commits sin is a slave to it. So anything in my life that I cannot abstain from doing is my master. I enjoyed coffee, but I have since stopped telling people that I can't go without coffee. Coffee doesn't run me. I'm so serious about that. <laughs> my mom and I, we enjoy it. But man, it don't run us. We can do it, out it. No, Nothing runs us as believers. Nothing runs us. No habit, no thought. Watch this. We talk about stop committing sin and everybody thinks about sex and shacking and all that. That's true. Let me bring it to another level in my last minute and 27 seconds. Unbelief is sin. Without faith, it is impossible to do what, Yolanda? Please, Lord. I will stop committing the sin of unbelief. <laughs> you know, I used to tell people, and I'm letting you all in on a secret without letting you in on a secret. I used to tell people, even at this church, all of the things God was doing in my life because I would want to boost their faith. I have since had multiple things occur of a positive nature, but I don't tell everything anymore. Because you know what God told me during my prayer time? He said, Gabe, how many more testimonies do they need to believe me? That's what he gave me. Now, it's nothing wrong with hearing about people getting $40,000. You've seen people come to this church and give large sums of monies in times past and and more will occur. Great things have happened in this ministry, but y'all, I don't need another great thing to believe a consistent God. I've seen enough. Anybody in here seen enough? He said in Scripture, blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. How many people here don't need to see another thing to believe that God is going to move on your behalf? Am I in the right church tonight? You don't need another God. You don't got to take anybody else out of a wheelchair for me to believe that you're a healer. I don't got to hear about anybody else getting money for for me to believe that my money is coming. I just believe you now. What else does it take? So I will no longer commit the sin of unbelief. Whatever God tells me to do, you hear me stand up in this ministry time in and time out and talk about stuff that God has put on our heart to do. Man, that budget don't say nothing like it. (laughs) It don't make budgetary sense. Amen. But God never told me to pay for a thing. Did I tell you to pay for a game? only thing I ask you to do, and I borrow this from our word of faith, friends, is believe for it. That's all. Can you believe me? If thou canst believe, how many things become possible, Stephanie? All things. It is amazing that scripture emphatically says that, but do you know what we do because of bondage? We dumb that verse down to, if thou canst believe, some things, Nicole, are possible. Well, God can do that, but I don't know about I know I've seen him do that, but I'm not sure about. But you've read about him doing boo things that totally transcend, I mean, blinded eyes. I remember mean, the first time I laid hands on somebody's ears and they started hearing. I will be honest, early on in my ministry, you know, I was a little fascinated. Like, man, they really started hearing. And then God said, but Gabe, what did you think I was going to do? I mean, when you started praying for them, were you just doing that out of formal fashion? Outside show? Or when you laid hands on their ears, did you really believe they were going to hear? It happened one night in Bible study. It was amazing. Sister Brooks, oh my God, eyes almost shut, took her glasses off and said, open up your eyes and see. I saw her pupil, poof. It happened so fast to her, I think it scared her. What else do you got to see?